Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. <laughs> wow, that was very formal. Wasn't it? Very formal. <laughs> I wanted to change it up a little bit. Uh, but uh, it's kind of a sad one, but it's also an exciting one because it's the last uh, segment of the quarantine TV people. Yep, yep. But Jeremy I mean, Gordon. Jeremy Gordon, he's honestly one of the best, one of the greats. Yeah. So, I mean, it's always so fun to have him on the show. Yeah, I mean, he's the mastermind behind the entire cast. So, I mean, and it's his second time. Exactly. His second time back in the farm. So, we're excited to have him back on and you guys to hear that interview. Uh, if you listen to the weekly address, you know it's going to be a good one. Yes. Yes. It's going to be so good. So good. We love him. We love everybody a part of Quarantine IGTV series. We thank you, all of you for coming on the show and talking Absolutely. about it because it was just a phenomenal time. And of course, us being podcasters, it was really easy to get guests for the past month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that craziness is going to be later on in the show. Now, let's get a little more crazy. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. We are on episode 118 this week. Yes. Wowzers. Yes. Absolutely insane. Holy molies and all. Like uh, Holy molies and all, yes. <laughs> like, and thanks to inputting all that data into IMDb, I know what episode you started holy moly on. And, yeah. You know, yeah. It's been, <laughs> woo, crazy. Yeah. It's so funny, the 118 episodes. Yeah. We talk about it all the time, about how much it is, but trust me. After doing all that this week on IMDb, it's a lot. Yeah. I, it is a lot. I of can episodes. imagine. I mean, you're putting in a lot of hard work and effort into that thing. And, of course, everybody here at Crazy Ant appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing, guys. It's a beautiful thing. Check uh, us out is. on IMDb. Like, it's <laughs> badass. Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> like, so much cool epicness. And especially you can see all of our guests, like, right there. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's, oh. it's a beautiful thing. Man. Oh, man. But you know your host with the most, myself, J-Lo Fantastic, and the one and only mouth what's up yes guys yes guys we got so much to talk about yet another week of warner brothers having yes. more news than disney uh, probably the biggest news of the week too oh yeah i mean at least in my by, book <laughs> by far by far if you haven't uh if you couldn't tell by our statues and funkos in front i mean obviously we'll be talking about it batman Yes. Michael Keaton. Yes. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, my goodness. It's so exciting. It's so exciting. It I is. hope it leads to more things like a Batman Beyond. Like, I no, mean, I've been pushing yes, for that yeah, one. Yeah, but, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll talk more about it. And then, um, of course, you know, before we get started, we got to plug our merchandise website, crazyantmedia.com. Be sure to head over there and go to our merchandise page yes. where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We got fantastic shirts i mean you see us we're both wearing them both wearing them and then of course we got hats we got bags we got so much stuff if you need it we have it especially when it comes to like underwear and stuff you need it we got it yes oh my goodness ants in the pants type shit that's right let them have it yeah remember those old commercials let them have it (laughs) it matters how old are they it's pretty old yeah exactly you remember you remember (laughs) some of our listeners do i bet yeah no you know i need a new shirt for prop let them have it (laughs) oh my goodness but uh gotta start it off with uh we always try to put the sad slash bad news at the very beginning just so we can get it out <laughs> of the way true it is what That's it is true. it is what it is but i mean referring to batman mm. and batman forever and batman and robin uh joe i don't want to butcher his name 
Uh, yeah, Joel Schumacher. Schumacher. Joel Schumacher. Yeah. Uh, passed away this week. Uh, long battle with uh, cancer. Um, f- lost that battle. He was 80 years old, though. And, and you know, I- I'm up and down with Joel Schumacher as far as a filmmaker, yeah. you-, you know, goes. I just – and w- we can talk a bit more about this in the Batman segment. But I just feel like, you know, he took that franchise and ran it into the ground. Oh. Um, but oh, oh. on the flip side, I thought The Lost Boys and St. Almost Fire and Falling Down were just absolutely brilliant films uh, a time to kill yeah you know matthew yeah. mcconaughey yeah. like like, like uh, this guy from uh, just a brilliant filmmaker and then you know everybody has hits and misses of and, course and so of course. but overall i think his contribution to the industry and the people that's careers he sparked with you know this guy's got a legacy that's going to be missed for sure yeah i mean it's a sad situation it's sad but he definitely seems like he lived his life to the most and lived it to the fullest so it's true it, it's definitely a passing of a legend and we'll always remember his work because i mean i i think that's the beauty of art uh especially when it comes to entertainment art um you'll basically live on forever in, yeah in these movies and music and things like that so yep. rest in peace and uh we are sending thoughts and wishes to everybody who's associated with him and are feeling this loss and uh, absolutely Speaking of losses, mm. uh, especially to the community, hopefully this doesn't happen because it would be a huge loss to the community. Bill Cosby trying to get out. Yep, filed another appeal. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court actually agreed to hear this one. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, they are going to listen to his appeal on sexual his sexual assault conviction. You guys know he was convicted. Um, in a brief order, the court said that it will consider Cosby's argument that the trial judge should not have allowed the five women, his past victims that weren't the one actually, you know, uh, the one that the charges were for. Right. Um, they came in and, and testified, and he's going to hear whether or not the trial judge should have allowed those women to testify, and did it taint the jury's opinion? You know, in in this case, which is just ridiculous. That is ridiculous because I mean. <laughs> Uh, they're going to have to – if they weren't able to come in there and say their pieces, then they were going to have to also go through the whole process of like trying to get him behind bars for their specific cases. Well, and, and that's the argument in the appeal because three, I think, three or four of these five women, their, uh, their statute of limitations had run out. Yeah. So they can't. They can't go after Cosby because their time is – and that was part of the appeal. They're like, well, these women can't even go after him, so they shouldn't have been allowed to testify, which is ridiculous though because it goes to past a past behavior. Exactly. This guy, remember guys, he admitted doing it. Exactly. He just said he didn't do anything wrong, that they were aware of it, but he admitted drugging these women. I, I just – it's crazy. They're also – Gonna uh, hear the argument about whether he was even allowed to be able to be brought to trial because of that agreement that he had when he did confess to it mm. with the DA that they said they would never prosecute him. Yeah. So they're gonna hear that argument as well as whether he was even allowed to be prosecuted. It's like, man, I know. You know, I just, I get he's old as dirt. I get that he's struggling in prison. But dude, you fucking raped women. Exactly. I, I mean, that's that's the cost, man. You you belong in prison. Exactly. I, I just I hope this appeal does not go through. I agree. I mean, he deserves everything that he has coming to him and got because it's just absolutely ridiculous and fucking 
astounding. I can't even believe yeah. that he's trying to appeal this shit and say that the women should not have said their piece when, I mean, they have to get it off their shoulders. They're going to live with that the rest of their life, and yeah. they have to at least confront their assaulter to help them feel better and try to help them with the grieving process. And the, to, for the freaking appeal people for on his side trying to take that away is just completely ridiculous. I, the one I'm still baffled by is his wife. Yeah. Is the money worth it? Right. Is it really that worth it? Because, I mean, this guy, the amount of women that he admitted to drugging and having sex with, consensual or not, I guess there were a few in there that were consensual, but yeah. th- this man cheated on you your whole marriage, yeah. apparently, and was raping women left and right your whole marriage. Is You're standing by him for the money? Uh, you're gonna get the money anyway. You exactly. were married that whole time. You're worth at least half of it. Exactly. So just I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't either, man. I don't anyway, either. it's a fluid situation. We will uh, continue to follow it as it further develops. Pennsylvania, do the right thing. Seriously, That's what I'm saying. seriously. I mean, and we're talking a uh, future film production, especially mm. in Georgia. Uh, Georgia State Senate Finance Committee has axed part of the wider legislation that would have expanded the program worth. Get this, eight hundred million dollars a year. Not yeah, even, yeah, a year. Absolutely wild. I, yeah, guys and gals, this is big, big news. Because remember, we talked about it on last week's show about the announcement of forty-five million dollars coming into. I mean, uh, forty-five billion dollars coming into the the uh, area of Georgia yeah. in revenue. You know, for all these productions coming that we're going to start shooting again. But let me tell you, you cap the tax incentives; they ain't coming. Okay, we saw this happen in Louisiana when Bobby Jindal did it, and exactly. it all but dried up Louisiana's film industry. It was corrected. You know, they they, they, they figured that out, and they quickly took the cap back yeah. off, and slowly Louisiana is recovering. But this will kill Georgia's exactly. like film industry. And right now, it's basically the only place anybody is going to be able to shoot on a massive level. Exactly. So you cap this thing. Oh, man, I don't... I don't and on top of that, they're readdressing the heartbeat bill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dumbasses. So you guys remember that? The heartbeat bill, the abortion bill that the Hollywood said, if you guys put that into effect, we're not shooting there. We're boycotting. So now you're talking about capping the incentives and passing the the, the heart. I mean, yeah, are you trying to kill the film industry? Because that's what's going to happen. Yeah, that, I feel like some people in certain parts of the government just do not understand how big the entertainment industry is for your specific state like it's bringing so many jobs so much money into your state and you're just gonna throw it all away for something like this like it's absolutely ridiculous yeah and their their argument is is that they spend more money on the film program and the tax incentives for the film industry than they do on any other state agency including like hospitals or police or or what but i'm thinking but no other state agency is bringing in 45 billion dollars to your community Exactly. No other agency is bringing in that type of revenue or employing that many people. So you have to weigh that. Like, is it worth spending the extra money on? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just from a business standpoint alone, yes. Exactly. I mean, you'll see. Trust me, you cap it and they flee, you'll find out how much that revenue meant. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely bonkers, man. It's fucking insane. But I mean, other things that are absolutely insane. Los Angeles County health officials said 
that the region saw a record 2,571 new cases of COVID-19 coronavirus on Monday, which is more than 20% higher than the previous daily mark uh, set last week. Yeah. So, like, this thing isn't going away no, anytime soon. 18 deaths. 18 deaths in one day. Yeah. That's just in L.A. County. Now, on top of that, we found out yesterday that the entire country had the highest amount of new cases since it started. It was a record day. And Governor Newsom today announced that they were closing down another county, Jesus. the one that borders Mexico. Yeah. So, And you know L.A. County is struggling, so I wouldn't be surprised if he closes down L.A. County again and says back into your houses again because, I mean, which is why – and the reason we bring this up is because of the whole Georgia thing. Yeah. They can't film in L.A. right now. They want to flee to Georgia, exactly. but if Georgia kills us, shit, they ain't fleeing there exactly. either. Exactly. It's not going to help anybody. They're going to no. come to like North Carolina or go back to New Orleans right. or go just back up to Vancouver, which is slowly starting to yeah, open they, back up. Yeah, they implemented their stuff this past week, and so it looks like they're going to start to be shooting again. But will will it matter, though? Because once they start, will the cases rise again in Vancouver? I know. I mean, that, just... People have to literally turn into germaphobes. Everyone. Everyone has has to turn into a germaphobe like anytime you go out make sure to sanitize make sure to wear gloves even wear a mask even if like just you have to do these things yeah. man that's not going away anytime soon because all these people aren't even believing it's real i mean think about this guys is it it is it that hard to wear a mask i know let, let me put this into reality for you in just la county okay nearly four thousand people in your county have died from this it's wild. it's real do you want another 4,000, 10,000, 20,000 people to die because you won't wear a fucking mask? Yeah. Give me a break, man. Put the gloves Stupid. on. Wear a mask. How hard? I, I just don't get it, man. I know. I just don't get it. It's just scary. It's a scary thing and other scary things, but also exciting things because you have to do the proper protocols and uh, procedures. Uh, Regal is planning on reopening, we all know, uh, July 10th, right? Yes, and, July 10th. And um, since there's no new movies coming out, they are planning to open back up with classic movies, which I think is badass because I would love to see some of these movies that I wasn't even born for yet <laughs> to see these in the theaters. <laughs> he didn't get to see them in the theaters. No, yeah, exactly. But... Uh, <laughs> Black Panther is going to be shown again. Yes. Rocky, Unforgiven, Empire Strikes Back. Definitely going to go see that mm -hmm. one. Uh, Inside Out, Jurassic Park, uh, Bloodshot with Vin Diesel. And then you got like the Dark Knight trilogy. And also we talked about earlier that Inception is coming back for a yep. re-release. And also um, the Lord of the Rings trilogy as well. Yeah, badass. So, Guys, if you haven't seen Rocky and or Jaws in the theater... Yeah, it, I mean, watching a Rocky film in the theaters, like, it's just badass. Exactly. Especially the first two or three of them. They were just, like, kick ass. Well, so. like, before all this happened, I got the opportunity to go see uh, Ghostbusters in the yes. theaters. That was badass. Like, yeah. old school, original film, like, putting its footprint in Hollywood, like... I just – it's a different type of feeling. Like we talk about each week that streaming has kind of taken over. But it's a different type of feeling when you go see one of these epic major blockbuster or films like storytelling films in the theaters. Like so I'm excited. I'm yeah. really excited. And, and guys, get used to this because, you know, we're going to talk about this in a little bit too. There was supposed to be a new movie opening on July 10th, but it's not anymore. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. So these classics – that might be a thing coming all summer. You know, yeah. we saw that the stocks are continuing to slide for all these theater chains because 
the summer keeps getting pushed back for yeah. movies. So we're going to keep an eye on that, man. It's yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah, and this next one's by no surprise because we've been talking about it over the past couple of weeks, the award shows pushing stuff back. Well, the latest to do it is the Golden Globes. Yep. They have elected to hold their award ceremony February 28th of 2021 or under normal circumstances. Uh, the event would have been held over the first week of January to celebrate the previous year's work in movies and television, as we all know. But now the event of uh, following the lead of the Oscars and like, you know, BAFTA and everything mm-hmm. like that has been pushed back. So we shall see, man. We shall see. It's just it, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. We're yeah. still living in it. I know things are other things are going on, but we're still living in this pandemic. It's true. And I, I would not be surprised if over the next few shows, over the next few weeks, we continue to talk about more pushbacks or cancellations or because it's not going away anytime soon. Guys. Exactly. It's just not. But there is one thing that can keep you in the house. And I know it. it's going to keep me in the house. Oh, yeah. And thankfully, it's for open sure. in this coming weekend and not the 10th because the poor theaters would have suffered for sure. Disney, did you guys see it? They released the first official trailer for Hamilton, the yes. musical. You know, everybody who couldn't pay the $5,000 a ticket to see it, yeah. you're going to get to see it. It's coming uh, July 3rd on Disney+. Plus. Yes. They released the trailer, and, and man, just even the trailer was epic. So I'm yeah. so super excited about it. You guys know they spent like 75 million dollars to get the rights to this bad boy boatloads yeah um, and, and oh dude it's gonna be i'm so excited about this i mean like i said nobody could get their ticket even if you had the money half the time you couldn't get the tickets exactly so the fact that you're going to be able to see this and and get the full movie experience from what i understand they shot it from several different angles with several cameras so that you get a movie experience of it so it's not just like you're gonna be looking at it straight on like right. you were watching on so, so it's gonna be badass i'm dude. super excited i'm super excited uh everybody knows that i am a theater geek i performed in all sorts of uh theatrical arts thespian i'm a thespian so that's gonna be super fun to see that yeah and you know what it's good for the people who were able to go see it because like i said this will be different exactly it won't be like you're watching it on stage it'll be a whole different experience so even if you've already seen it this will be new to you exactly So that's gonna be badass hell yeah definitely definitely and i mean they are also i feel like it's kind of a trend they're trying to keep people at home with more amazing content <laughs> yeah. um, now disney plus is coming out with into the unknown making of frozen 2 it's going to be like the mandalorian a six-part documentary series uh going through the highest grossing animated film of all time worldwide and it's going to be talking about the process like round table conversations and everything like that so that's really freaking epic especially i I feel like a lot of the younger people i mean i feel like a lot of the older people watch the mandalorian one but a lot of younger people i feel like this could expire or inspire to create more filmmakers. Uh, agreed. I mean, because it's always interesting to see the process of yeah. how it all came together, how it works, what didn't work, why did they change this, or how did they do that? And to, these roundtable conversations are just brilliant. Yeah. I, lo- I mean, if you guys liked the the John Favreau one with the Mandalorian, you're probably going to love this one. I mean, and no doubt you'll hear from the cast and of the course. directors of and course. you know all the different animators and stuff. So it's going to be pretty badass. Definitely, definitely. And I mean, more. Epic news for Disney. I mean, I think it's epic because I was a huge fan of the Pirates of the Caribbeans and Johnny Depp. Uh, And I think it's epic because I'm a huge fan of Margot Robbie. Of course. (laughs) Uh, But guess what, guys? Margot Robbie, she will star in a female-led version of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. For Disney uh, with the Birds of Prey writer, so someone who she's familiar with. Yeah, Christina Uh, Hodson. Yeah, exactly. She's on board to write the script. Uh, Disney is in early development of this untitled project. And 
and still the uh, other parts of the Caribbean movie that possibly might have Johnny or not have Johnny is still moving forward. So yeah. it'll be interesting if they're going to build that whole world, I guess. It's all because of Marvel. It's true. They're all <laughs> trying to build this universe. Yeah, that what that was back in like October we talked about yeah. that when they announced that reboot. Um, and, but I like this idea of a female-led one. I think Same. that will Kiara Knightley's character come back from, yeah, right? from the original, you know, and maybe be a part of it or at least a cameo in it. That would be badass. Yeah. Um, and and and, and uh, Bruckheimer is on board. He's yeah. produced all the other Pirates of the Caribbean, and he's on board to produce this one and the other reboot one. So you know, yeah, hey, that's cool, man. That's cool. Continuing to build new things, and uh, Hulu is also doing some big things. They have unveiled more details about its upcoming upcoming Steve Martin and Martin Short comedy. Now it's confirmed that the show is titled Only Murders in the Building. Yeah. Okay. Alright. Uh, the series follows three New Yorkers who try to find a mutual interest in solving true crime, but uh, limited with their amateur, like, solving skills. <laughs> Murder-solving skills. They are not detectives. No, no. <laughs> They're only going to solve murders in their building. Yeah, hence exactly. the title. So they're never going to leave the building. They're only going to uh, – my question is why are you still living in the building if you can make a career out of solving murders that are only happening yeah. in your building? That's a lot of murders. Like, the fuck? <laughs> it's so goofy. <laughs> like, it's so goofy. But uh, it'll be fun to see. It'll be a nice lighthearted thing I feel like. Yeah, well, their little comedy of... special on Hulu was hysterical. Yeah. So I think this comedy – this show is going to be epic. Agreed. Agreed. Now, it's time. It's time yes. to talk about it. Michael Keaton, he is in early talks to return as the role of Batman. Now, Keaton first played the character in 1989's Batman for Warner Brothers and its 1992 sequel, Batman Returns. And then the franchise died, like we talked about yeah. earlier with Joel Schumacher. Oh. Just in here. But third, I, I, what, what's amazing to me is Keaton has not worn the cowl, has not stepped into the Batcave. 31 yeah, years it's been. Yeah. 31 years since he first did it. Um, but you know, I think I think like this whole superhero genre is still in his blood because, I mean, of course, everybody knows he was in the first Spider-Man. Yeah, played the and, Vulture. Um, Birdman. Yeah. And I, I mean, look, I think this is a brilliant, brilliant move. I do too. I, I think this is the fix for the DCEU. Yes. Um. Listen, I like Henry Cavill. Cavill just did a great interview back and forth, actor on actor, with Patrick Stewart. And he was talking about the responsibility of the mantle of being Superman yeah. and what that means in real life. And, and he's just got it. He understands being Superman. So I think you just leave him in place. I know J.J. Abrams maybe doesn't want – but leave Cavill in Ben didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. I liked Ben Affleck's Batman, but he didn't want to do it anymore. So this is it. This is the guy. 31 years ago, the first one to make it. And I'm just going to say, your first big superhero blockbuster. Batman came out roaring, man. It was the first one that kind of like made those superhero summer movie blockbusters the thing. Yeah. Um, 89, guys. This is before 2000's X-Men, before 2001's Spider-Man, before all of that. Batman 89 was the one who kicked it all off. Keaton knows. And look, they've already tied it in with Crisis on Infinite Earths. We talked about that. Robert Wall's character from Batman 89 was in Crisis on Infinite Earths. So I just think this is the right move. He's an older, more grizzled, dark Batman now. You know, he's had a lot of shit happen over these years. Um, 
and I really like, though, what I really like is the Jeffrey Dean Morgan casting also, or at least they're in talks with him, too, to have both of them. So the Flashpoint is going to be the storyline in the Flash movie, and it's going to reset everything. That's going to explain Keaton's Batman. Right. It's going to explain Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Batman, all of that. And... I just think this is the right move. Please do not fuck it up. <laughs> Don't do it. Please do not fuck it up, Warner Media. Sign Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Sign Michael Keaton. Make that shit happen. Cause, and I, I also love the idea of Keaton's Batman being the guy that just like makes the cameos. Yeah. He's the mentor to the younger heroes. The guy that's kind of been there, done that. The Nick and Fury of yeah. DC. Like, I, yeah. I'm really excited about that, too, because that's the opportunity of him, like, teaching and mentoring these yes. younger characters, like Nightwing, the Batgirl, Red yeah. the Red Hood, like, all of those, all of man. These people. That, oh, my gosh. And I've always thought, we, we have little back and forths here on this one, but I've always thought Keaton's Batman was the best Batman. I A lot of people had a problem with his Bruce Wayne, but I liked yeah. his kind of, like, schizophrenic, not all there, kind of absent-minded Bruce yeah. Wayne because there's this billionaire guy who's doing all this stuff as Batman. You know, you don't want him to be sharp. You don't want him to be on it because that basically gives away, you know, I like this idea of him being scattered and not all there and not all together because that's the complete opposite of what Batman is. Right. So I, I've always liked his interpretation and I just, yes, yes. Yes. You cannot say this enough. Yes. Make it happen. Make it happen. Like, it needs to happen because so badass. So it, fucking badass. It really would like. solve all the problems. <laughs> it would. It, it And and Keaton would – because, I mean, I think they're going to keep moving forward with the Sinister Six and Vulture and all that and Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. So that he could be popping up in both and franchise both, worlds yeah. in the summers and that would be epic. Yeah. See him as Batman and Vulture. You go, Keaton. You go, you go man. You go, brother. <laughs> That's a badass right there. Oh, my That's goodness. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, we've talked about on earlier shows uh, our past guest, Amy Rutberg. One, yes. The lovely, the one and only Amy Rutberg. Yes. Uh, you know, she's coming out with a new series, her and Paul Giamatti, uh, and it's it's being developed for TMT. It now has a name. The show is titled Liar's Club. Yes. Mm. Yes. And it's being described as part comedy, part pulp thriller. Oh. They're like saying the marvelous Mrs. Maisel meets Breaking Bad. I mean, this is going to be epic. If you go back and listen to our interview with Amy Rutberg, she talks about her days playing poker in this, like, you know, seedy kind of a world or whatever. She used to be a, a really solid poker player. Yeah. It's based on that. If you guys don't know, she created this show. She's the writer behind it. She's the mastermind behind it and, you know, pitched it. And so here it is. And I love this. It, it tells the story of a woman leading two different lives. One adorned in the trappings of Connecticut country clubs. The other one drenched in the murky underground gambling circuit. Mm. So, I, I mean, it's going to be brilliant. And she's going to star in it. Yeah. So, I mean, executive uh, co-executive producer, writer, and star. Badass. And Paul Giamatti. I mean, I mean, like Paul Giamatti? Guys, if Paul Giamatti is attached, it's a fucking winner. Right. That's, that's all we can say. I and mean, I mean, we already know he's a liar. Big fat liar. <laughs> Duh. So, I mean, of course he's it's coming true. back for Liars Club. It's true. Right, so it's I very mean, exciting. I can't on. wait to see. I can't wait to see how it turns out. Yes. Um, but, I mean, HBO, they're also doing some other cool things. I mean, you know, HBO Max came out, and, I mean, they have 
everything crazy going on. But uh, a new, the new Perry Mason limited series launched this week, and it brought in 1.7 million total viewers, making it the strongest debut night of any series on HBO in nearly two years. Yeah, that's crazy to that me. Is wild. I mean, that is nuts. But. It is the brainchild of Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. He's behind this. Him and his wife are behind this, and so that makes it. And it's got Matthew Rice, so yeah. if you guys love the Americans, uh, I mean, then you, you know you're on board to watch this. It's exactly. different than the TV show, though. The TV show was set in the 50s, 60s. This is actually set way back in, in oh. like, the yeah, it's a, it's a time, uh, you know, piece set in, like, the 30s and stuff. So it's a little bit different than the TV show. Yeah. Um, which I like, though. So I don't know. I'm excited about I haven't seen it yet. But I liked Perry Mason, I liked Matthew Reese, and I, I freaking love Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, and everything course. he does. So I'm going to check this one out. Definitely. I'm going to check Definitely. this one out. And I mean, speaking of period pieces, I know you're excited about this next one. Yes. The Breakfast Club, guys. <laughs> the Breakfast Club. Are you like me? Are Have you, you ever like wondered me? what everybody else... Oh, I was hoping that one was just going to keep Whatever. Breakfast Club is the best movie ever, and like the 80s is the best decade ever, so you could just take it, whatever you want. But are you, if you are like me, did you ever wonder what everybody else was doing in the school when the kids were in detention, right? Like, like where, where were all the other kids? What was going on? What? Well, now we're going to find out, apparently. One Day at a Time co-creator and showrunner Gloria Calderon Kellett has teamed up with Insecure writer Natasha Rosenthal, and they're going to do a coming-of-age film on HBO Max. And here's the kicker. It is going to be set in the same high school and in the same time as The Breakfast Club. Yes. And it is going to tell the story of the black and brown kids and the LBTQ, LGBTQ kids and what was going on in their lives and in the school and what they were dealing with in the 80s. Fantastic. So you're not going to see The Breakfast Club. No. But you will see all the other kids in that school and what was going on. I like this. Yeah, I, you know? I really like this. But honestly, I could see this one getting some backlash because he's going to have to stay really relevant to what that time was in the 80s. So, yes. I mean, if he's writing it how it was, there might be some homophobic, like, against homophobic people oh, I, I, and like agreed. racism and things like that underlying racism so but i think it's going to be good and then of course i mean greg berlanti's coming on to produce it yeah, as well yeah. i mean so of course it's going to be good I, and no doubt inspired by i think berlanti probably attached to produce it because of the success of love simon yeah and now the series also is doing well and it's kind of that it's the high school age kind of you know yeah. what's going on with so it makes it and Berlanti is gold. Yeah. Anything he touches is, is like, it works. Fucking so. facts. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this one will be good. Exactly, exactly. Something else I think will be pretty good for HBO and HBO Max. Actor and comedian Marlon Wayans, everybody knows him, everybody yes. loves him, has struck an overall deal with HBO Max to uh, make a number of projects, uh, like a developing pilot for Book of Marlon, supposed to be about a fictionalized version of himself. And then, of course, he'll be doing some stand-up specials as yep. well. And so it's very yeah. exciting. It is exciting. Uh, uh, look, this this seems to be a trend now, making shows that you're basically playing yourself, but in like an over the top kind of yeah. a, you know fictionalized yeah. yourself character. 
Um, that, you know, so, and Marlon Wayans, the whole Wayans family is fucking funny as shit. In Great. Living Color, yeah. again, I'm showing my age, but you guys remember in Living Color, launched Jim Carrey's career, yeah, and all, you know, yeah. they're, they're, they're funny people, Damon, Damon Wayans and all of, so I think this is a smart, and I would not be surprised at all if we see a bunch of Wayans show up oh, yeah. on, on the shows. For I mean, sure. come on. I know, I know, right? And I mean, we were talking about earlier, no new movies coming out until possibly July 17th. Well, Tenet. We were talking about mm. Tenet was that definitive one that's staying right there, July 17th. It's not. No. It's not. No. <laughs> it's going to August 12th now. It really sucks. It really sucks. Uh, this is the also the second time that it's been moved, like Wonder Woman. Uh, yep. It was first for July 17th, then July 31st. Yep. Now, August, August 12th. 12th. And that's why the theater stocks are... Yeah, because the summer is getting shorter and shorter and shorter with no new movies. So I just I don't know, man. Know. It's it's I, I don't know. It's so and, wild. But it's not just Disney and Warner. Yeah. Paramount is feeling it too. Their big SpongeBob movie, SpongeBob on the Run, which they have been promoting and like talking about forever. Yeah. Not even going to go to theaters. No. Going straight to the streaming now. Yeah. Paramount is taking SpongeBob, the movie SpongeBob on the Run, off the theatrical calendar and sending it straight to home video. Uh, they've had a lot of success with this, though. Yeah. Uh, for a 2021 release, it's going to go on, yeah, uh, on demand uh, before it hits CBS All Access, and then it'll be on CBS All Access. But this thing was supposed to come out early in the summer, then was supposed to come out August 7th. Now 2021, just on pay-per-view yeah. on demand. So. It sounds like this one was hit before, uh, or it was hit because of COVID. Like maybe Definitely. they hadn't finished like the editing process or like the animation process before COVID hit. So I feel like that's probably why they keep having to reschedule. It sucks for the younger audience though. It does. Because everybody loves SpongeBob. Everybody, everybody loves does it. love SpongeBob. Did you see where they officially, Nickelodeon officially confirmed that SpongeBob is gay. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. that well, that's I, good. Wait, did they have to? I know. I mean, was that ever in question? Maybe yeah. I'm just like, but I never thought that was a question. No. I just thought that was fact. Exactly. I mean, but after like what 15 something crazy amount of years that it's been on, like he's never had a girlfriend or anything like that. So of course, everybody knew it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> he's finally he's finally come out of the pineapple. Yeah, right. He's finally come out. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. No, but that's cool though. That's cool. It shows the inclusive and that maybe like the younger kids can also feel agreed like okay with themselves agreed so. this one this next one i just didn't know i have never seen the show i've heard it's really good uh, yeah, i'm a big kevin costner fan i like it. but just for one reason or another i just haven't watched this show yeah but i'm talking about yellowstone yeah you know the big ranch movie kind of like you know he owns the you know i don't i it's apparently it's huge. Yeah, uh, it's season three premiere drew four point two million total viewers on the Paramount Network when it debuted this week, up seventy six percent from the season two premiere. It also set ratings records across the demos, the key demos, with a nearly a two point rating in the eighteen to forty nine. That's up one hundred and twenty seven percent, y'all, Damn. from from season two. And a 2.4 in the 25 to 54, up 112%. And I just saw today, in its plus 7 numbers, it set another ratings record with Damn. almost 6 million viewers Shit. overall. So, yeah, across all four networks, because I guess they, they played on the Paramount Network and then it streams on CMT and TV Land and Pop yeah. and everything. 6.6 6 million total viewers that first night. So, I, I just, it's the number one most watched cable premiere 
this year so far. Damn. I I just I didn't know it was that big. Had no idea. I mean, I heard it was good, but I I just didn't know it was yeah, that big. Knew it was steady. Knew it was steady. I never knew it was like boom. But yeah, congratulations, Kevin Costner and the gang. Like, yeah, I rocking mean, and rolling. I'm gonna have man. to check it out. Apparently, seriously. I mean, cause cause I don't have enough shows I watch. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, I started uh, Love Victor though. Going back to that, it's pretty good as well. Fantastic. Yeah. So um. Next one, still talking about Nickelodeon. They are bringing back Nick News for an hour-long special about children, race, and unity. Uh, the special will be hosted by the one and only amazing Alicia Keys. Yes. And is meant to amplify the voices and experiences of black kids across the country in the large wake of the large-scale protests that have rocked the nation in recent weeks. Uh, this special is going to air June 29th. I think this is very important, especially if they bring it down to a kid's level to mm-hmm. kind of explain what's going on. And I think Alicia Keys is the perfect host. I agree. Because I feel like she's that person who can bring it down, you know, uh, keep it very relevant, very there for the adults, but also very disarming and yeah. very, you know, comfortable for the kids. Exactly. I think she's just a perfect kind of a host. And and I think this is going to be, a, it's a smart move. They've done these Nick News specials in the past before, yeah. and they've been somewhat successful, but I, I just think Alicia Keys is going to be key here. And I think, <laughs> I was didn't even mean to do that, but um, I, I really do though, and I think it's going to be good. Good yeah. for Nickelodeon for doing that. Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. Now heading over to NBC Universal, NBC has made some decisions on its 2021 pilot slate, impacted by the coronavirus pandemic-related <sighs> shutdown of the network's 12 ordered pilots. NBC will shoot five later on in this five. year uh, once production can safely begin. The list includes the two high Highly profile titles on the pilot list. Uh, Drama Langdon, a comedy night school based on the 2018 feature, as well as Ordinary Joe, whose pilot script was the favorite amongst NBC brass. I I get night school. Yeah. Because Kevin Hart, you know, the movie was pretty funny. It was successful. So I get moving forward with that one. I have no idea about Langdon or Ordinary Joe. Don't, Don't. But I get night school. Yeah. But that's crazy to think about. 12 pilots ordered, they're only going to shoot five. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then if you're, you know, I would be worried because if they tell me, oh no, you're still good, we're just going to push you to next year. Yeah. Anything could happen between them. Exactly. (laughs) With everything going on, yeah, you're right. Anything could freaking happen. You know what did happen at NBC Universal last Uh, week? Fucking the cancellation of Council of Dads. What? Why? Why? Uh, Why? Uh, Paul Telegadibi. Telegabidi. I, I don't even know how to say your last name. Paul <laughs> Telegabidi. Whatever the fuck your name is. Wrong decision, <laughs> bro. so bad. Wrong decision. It just had its highest number since its debut in May. And by the way, it's only had eight episodes. How can you possibly decide the fate of a show after eight episodes? It's so good. It's so relevant. Like, talk about unity. Freaking every walks of life is in this freaking show. Uh, look, Old, young, race, like everything. Yeah, I like, mean, it's amazing. Th- th- this is a mixed family of adopted kids, um, uh, different races, different cultures, um, adoption, and, and then natural born. Transsexual. Transsexual like, son. There, there, there's, there's a black gay couple that are that are new parents. There's just the 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 death of the father and the whole dealing with the death. There's the there's the question of paternity. Like anything and every 
everything that is relevant in today's society that needs to be talked about, that needs to be out there, is in this show, and it's being delivered by brilliant writers and a phenomenal cast, and you fucking canceled it. So bad. So bad. What the fuck? I know. And I gotta say, my favorite storyline in this freaking show is freaking Luli and her husband reworking this African-American community and building it back up. Yes. That is an amazing story and yes. so powerful in this time. And and the fact that the, the, the coming together, Larry, old white guy Larry, exactly. set in his ways, is investing in this young black couple to rebuild this black neighborhood. It, talk about what you need in America right now. I mean, what the fuck are you thinking canceling this show? Ugh. And I got to tell you, Joan Raider and, and, and Tony, if you guys are not pitching this thing to other networks and trying to move this thing to somebody that will pick it up, come on, guys. Yeah. Don't give up. I'm starting it. I already started the hashtag, Save Council of Dads. They, they, we did it for Lucifer for Netflix. We're, let's get this thing saved, guys. If you're a Council of Dad fans like we are, let's save this fucking show. Let's Seriously. Get, it needs – that story needs to be told, so man. Good. It's so freaking Just good. bad decision, NBC. Yeah. Bad decision. Another questionable decision over at Universal, especially the picture side, uh, a Twister reboot is in the works. Why? 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 I mean, it was a good enough movie the first time around, so why remake it? But like we said, it's the fucking day and age of remakes and reboots, and by no surprise, since this, like, retelling it's not even a retelling it's a sequel the freaking uh the director of top gun maverick uh joseph kowalski is in talks to direct the twister reboot as well so they're thinking maybe since it's kind of a retelling no fuck that don't do it don't do it don't do it. you'll never get another dusty no that's never gonna happen you can't replace philip seymour hoffman you can't and even if it's a retelling you just you this is a bad idea what is it gonna be a political statement about global warming or whatever because that's the only reason i can think to try to make this movie again exactly we, like i don't I, I just sometimes you should just don't do it <laughs> and other things that they just should not fucking do elizabeth banks come on comes on board to the magic school bus live action movie <gasps> what the fuck are you doing why 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 i love elizabeth banks she's brilliant she's fantastic there's no need for this. No, there's, <laughs> there's no, no need. need for this. Why is this happening? You know, like the whole time traveling and the, all that different shit. It's gonna make the live action movie so much like darker than what the actual <laughs> TV show is. This shit is gonna be wild. Why are you doing this? Yeah, no, it's just it's not necessary. <sighs> it is not necessary. God. Um, and then Sony. There was no Spider-Man news. You have nothing to talk about. So we have no Sony news. No Sony news. Nothing to talk about. But this next one I'm super pumped about. Speaking of darker. Yeah. Yes. Guys, if you'd missed it, Netflix revealed when Lucifer Season 5 will finally make its debut. Oh my gosh, I love this show. I just cannot get enough. And and now, August 21st, Season 5. Not only did they do that, but they officially confirmed that Tom Ellis did indeed sign the new contract. They worked all that hour and officially confirmed Season 6 is coming. They're going to shoot Season 6 whenever they can start shooting again, obviously. And it will be the final 
final season the according final, to final, them. Final, because final. remember, season five was supposed to be the final season, but now it's not the final season. Season six will be the final season. I mean, season. really, season three should have been the final season. When but they got canceled, boom, on, boom, but boom, I'm boom, glad boom, they boom, didn't boom. because yeah. season four was epic. Where they took it on Netflix, and I can only imagine. Guys, Dennis Haysbert is playing God in season five. Fucking have you seen, do you follow Amy Garcia on, on, on social media? She she revealed that, and oh my God, Dennis Haysbert is God. Dude, freaking Allstate is there for you. Yeah, you're in good hands. (laughs) Clearly. You're in good hands, Lucifer. You're in good hands. Oh, my goodness. Super stoked. So August 21st, guys. Get ready for it. And I mean, speaking of other, I'll admit, 80s are awesome. So I love. Thank you, finally. Whatever. I love (laughs) that they came up with the Karate Kid sequel that is now, you know, is on YouTube. But now it is coming over to a Netflix to Netflix, not a Netflix. Yeah. Uh, to Netflix <laughs> has acquired the first three seasons of the sequel, which is uh, Cobra Kai. That's the name of it. Yes, so Cobra Kai. Super excited about this one, uh, especially I think Netflix would do further seasons. I think so too. No word yet on when the third season's going to launch because the whole COVID thing, but you can watch the first two seasons. And, we, you know, we talked about this a few months ago, but the rumor has it Elizabeth Shue is going to be back for the third season. Yes. So we finally get to figure out what happened to her. We haven't seen her since the first movie exactly so we finally get to figure out that and guys this is a really good one you should watch this and it's a really interesting story too if you had if you didn't know about it you know about how the two of them came together ralph macchio and william zabbok and basically pitched this thing all around town and everybody said no i know except for youtube but i guess now netflix is going shit netflix realized <laughs> yeah now we'll take it now they, we'll take it they realized they fucked up so which i don't even know if they pitched there but i mean it's just awesome that it's going to be on other platforms now so yeah i'm super excited me too because i've been wanting to watch this one for a while so yeah oh man other things happening at netflix black as fuck hashtag black as fuck that's right. is returning for us <laughs> its second season at netflix uh, inspired by uh barris's irrelevant or evergent uh highly flawed uh, unbelievably honest approach to parenting relationship yes. race and culture so that's super exciting yeah and rashida jones is back as his wife Boom. so um it, yeah this is a this is an out there kind of a comedy on netflix uh, another like what we were talking about an exaggerated form of yourself a show about yourself but in an exaggerated form so but kenya barris is hilarious you know he's the creator behind blackish and exactly like a bunch of different stuff funny as shit and so it's a really good show yeah this ne- <laughs> the next one's kind of weird but i mean whatever do do you boo boo uh to celebrate 20 years since the original chicken run was released netflix announced that it has swooped the follow-up of the artem artiman film production is set to begin next year chicken run became the highest grossing film and stop animation film of all time when it premiered in 2000 but you're not going to have the same success. No. I mean... With the technology no, now? No. Like, stop animation, uh, I feel like... Who was sitting around going, what we need is a sequel to Chicken Run? Right. Who was thinking that? Nobody is thinking that. No. Like, like, I don't understand how this is happening. There's so much original content out there. So much great stuff. Who the fuck is greenlighting a sequel to Chicken Run? Yeah. Scott Stuber? You're, right, the, you're, the, like, you're the movie guy at Netflix, right? We're like, what the fuck, what dude? What is happening, bro? No, just no. It, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. But, uh, yeah, just, yeah. Uh, but other th- cool things at Netflix, Barry Jenkins teams up with Leonardo DiCaprio to make a film adaptation of 
Virunga. Virunga. Yes. Uh, You know, it was a documentary, but now it's going to be turned into a film. Uh, And this is coming from the Oscar-winning Moonlight writer Barry Jenkins. Mm -hmm. And Leonardo DiCaprio also teamed up on the original documentary that uh, got Netflix a nomination uh, for the Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he's all about the environment and and, and animal conservation. And for anybody who doesn't know, the, the documentary is about, like, saving the national parks and and the endangered animals gorillas yeah. and stuff like that that's what got leo involved exactly. in exactly and so now that's why he's going to executive produce the movie and everything i like that yeah i like that 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 they do these type things and i think it's interesting that they're going to turn it into a film film instead of a documentary so yeah but I it's mean, leo so it's going to work exactly i mean exactly he should be one of the rangers that's helping the freaking <laughs> i'm just saying he should i'm just saying um and i mean everybody has seen this past week they've been promoting the crap out of enola Holmes, you know, Henry Cavill, mm-hmm. Millie Bobby Brown, like mm-hmm. everybody. Hella Bottom Carter, I believe, is in it as yep. well. Um, but ahead of the release of this film, um, it, it got a little uh, copyright lawsuit going on. Yeah. But they seem to not give a fuck. No, <laughs> no. But this the, the Conan Doyle family, the, yes, estate, the estate, they're filing the lawsuit saying that it uh, infringes on the trademark. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with this, it gets kind of tricky. Yeah. Because a court ruling back in 2014 said that the Doyle estate doesn't own the copyright to Sherlock Holmes anymore for the majority of all of the stories, Mm. Uh, that it became public domain after a certain period of time. So anything that was done before 1923 is in public domain now. Well, that only leaves a few stories, you know, not a few, a lot of stories that came after that, but between 1923 and 1927, but that's all they only copyright on. Now, they're trying to claim that the Enola Holmes thing falls into that little short four-year period that mm. they still own the copyright mm. on. And the judge is, I guess, not buying that. And um, so I don't think this is going to work. I think they're going to lose this one just like they lost the one in 2014. Yeah. And it's going to move forward. They tried this thing with – remember the one with um, Ian McKellen? Yeah. You know, Magneto or yeah. whatever back in the day where he played the older yeah. Sherlock Holmes after all that time? You know, they tried to sue on that one and lost. Um, just chill, guys. Yeah, just chill. I think this is good. It keeps him out there. It keeps Sherlock out there, and yeah. like, just let it go. <laughs> Netflix and chill, guys. Just Netflix, <laughs> Netflix and, and chill. chill. That's <laughs> right. But not with the older. Sherlock. Not with the older Sherlock. Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch, Sherlock, you know, R.D.J. Sherlock. Not Ian McKellen. Sherlock, yeah, too. I mean, and now Henry Cavill, Sherlock. Yes, like, and Henry you know? Cavill. That's right. That's right. Uh, Superman and Sherlock. Right. I will. He's freaking in the side profile pic that they posted. Like he looks skinny as shit. He does. Like I don't know why that's like the Sherlock motto, like or the body style. But yeah, it's weird to see him kind of skinny. And you know that's all all costuming. Yeah. Because that's a buff motherfucker oh, right yeah. there. That is a big man. Yeah. He got even bigger for Witcher. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that is kudos to the costuming. Right. I mean, y'all are doing great. Y'all are doing great. Speaking of superheroes, yes, not so good super shady superheroes. Yeah. Right. Amazon on Prime's uh, The Boys. We finally know when it's coming back. Season 2 will premiere Friday, September 4th. Woohoo! With Ooh, three boy. episodes. The first three episodes are all coming, dropping on that day, Friday, September 4th. And then they're going to run every Friday until October 9th. Which is interesting. I believe this is the first series that Amazon is doing this with, this type of right. release schedule with, because all of its other uh, content with the TV side has all come at once, like Netflix. Yep. But now this is they're doing like... Sp- 
spurts, like little boom, boom, boom. I like it. Yeah. Get you to keep coming back week after week. And then when you do, you normally find something else to watch also. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think it's a smart move. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Speaking of smart, Michael B. Jordan, we talked about this a little bit last week about how this guy is just getting it done behind the camera. Yeah. Doing everything sure. with his outlier society company, right? Well, now he's teaming with Amazon Studios for a nationwide summer screening series at the drive-ins Ooh. called A Night at the Drive-In. Um. This is really cool, though. Apparently, it's going to celebrate diverse voices. Nice. Uh, the series is going to kick off on July 1st and run through August 26th. And it's no cost. It's going to be free. And all of the concessions, you're going to get free concessions also. And it's all going to be served through black and brown-owned businesses wow. in the community. And, guys, the list of movies that they got going on here is is freaking awesome. Awesome. I mean, uh, not obviously Black Panther and Creed, but just I mean, all kinds of different movies that that are about race and are about uh, you know stuff that's going on in society today. Sure. Um, and when you can look up the list, they have it on Amazon, and and you're, it's going to be amazing. Go see these movies. Go see. I just really like what Michael B. Jordan is doing behind the scenes, man. This guy seems to have his shit together. He's man. so smart. He's so smart. And I mean. What better way to end industry news on a smart individual, especially with diversity? I mean, this man is just pushing for it. Love that guy. He should definitely come on the show. Michael B., come (laughs) Come on on the the show. show. Come (laughs) on the show. Oh, my goodness. And uh, Apple didn't have shit. Nope. Nope. Apple was Sony this week. Yeah, right? Well, they have their big Apple conference thing coming up but that's not you know who cares yeah yeah i mean maybe we'll have news after that see what happens oh definitely because you know they're gonna probably announce more stuff for apple tv yeah and like all that kind of stuff but. for sure for sure but anyway guys great industry news segment great industry news segment now it is time for our guest segment yes the one and only jeremy gordon the mastermind behind Every amazing casting in Hollywood. Um, Basically. Yeah. I mean, this guy, but he can't tell you about any of it. No. <laughs> so yeah. funny. Meet me at an undisclosed location. That's right. We will discuss That's the right, further man. details. But this dude is just an amazing person. Uh, I love every time he comes on the show, even more so when we talk to him in person. This guy is just an epic individual and talking all about IGTV quarantine series. So, I mean, I hope everybody enjoys this one. It's the last one of the quarantine gang. We loved it. It was great. Yes, you're really going to enjoy this one. Informative, fun, and a little Billy Joel. Yes. A little Billy Joel's in there, too. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well, here he is. Jeremy Gordon, welcome back inside the Crazy Ant Farm, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely, dude. You know, whenever you guys call, we answer. You're always welcome, dude. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> when you give me the right phone number, that is. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know. you know. I'm just going to blame that on the iPhone and move on. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, my goodness. So I guess what, first of all, we got to start off with huge congrats, man, on the success of Quarantine the Show. Yes. Just absolutely brilliant, man. Thank you. We really appreciate it. It and the support you guys always give us. We love it. Oh, yeah, dude. And we got so much to talk to you about with it. I mean, you know, you, you made a couple of debuts on, on yeah, this uh, a little show. something, something. <laughs> making, a a, making moves, man. We, we like and, uh, that. I can't sit still. I got to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point, obviously, it's been a huge hit. It, it, you know, and we want to talk a little bit more uh, about how you got involved in it and how, you know, everything kind of came together because, it, we, you know, we know 
know that it started off as to raise money, um, yeah. you know, to help actors out through through quarantine and through and through everything that was going on. So let's talk about that a little bit. How did you right. come about? We know that Spencer kind of called you up, and so let's talk about your journey on it, man. Yeah, absolutely. Spencer Garrett, who is my producing partner, uh, called me out of the blue one day and said, "I'm I'm involved with this." With this uh, new show, at first it was on YouTube, we need a little casting help. Can you help us with a few roles? And that's what it was at first. It was just a few serious regular roles. Uh-huh. No big deal. They told me what it was about. I talked to Jerry Ying. I said, all right, sure, let, let's do a few roles. Uh, and as we got into it, we quickly realized this could either be a cool little YouTube show or it could be something bigger, better, more badass Hell yeah. And Spencer and I, right from the get-go, saw something in it. We said, let's do this. Instead of just kind of doing it, let's really do it. And we said we wanted to produce it. And we talked to Jerry about doing it together with our production companies and said, why not? And it quickly morphed into something much more than just a little YouTube show. Oh, yeah. 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 (laughs) Dude, it's like the hottest thing on IGTV and, like, you know, in in the whole Zoom world. The Zoom, as you guys have now affectionately made it known to everybody. I feel like you guys should have trademarked that because that's what everybody's calling it now, the Zoom. (laughs) It's so good, man. Uh, (laughs) I want a T-shirt that says, you know, I was on the Zoom. Um, Right. uh, so, So talk about the casting, though, because, I mean, just everybody involved is phenomenal. Um, what is the whole thought process into that, dude? Like, 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 how do you, especially this type of a series, you know, you're going to be like, okay, we, yeah. none of these people are going to be together. They're all going to be doing it on this video conferencing type thing. What's the whole thought process about how you even bring people in on that? Well, sure. We knew partly because this was going to be a, an ongoing process. We, we didn't really have an end day. At first uh-huh. it was whenever the quarantine, the mandatory stay home was over, we would continue making new episodes. So we didn't really know if that would be a month or two months or four months. So we needed to reach out to actors that we knew personally that would be up for sort of going on this ride and not get paid for an undetermined length of time. Uh So that, you know, we we really only had a a pool of actors to choose from that we knew that would fit into this world, that would enjoy doing this, that weren't afraid of tech, that could just, you know, jump in and and be available every Friday and Saturday from whenever it was beginning of, uh, April to now. Yeah. Uh, so we, we called, you know, actors that we knew and got everybody on board. I mean, you know, they also have to be improv actors because this is non-scripted. Right. right. So really, the, it wasn't just the pool of actors we knew. It was a very specific group of people. Plus, we had to want to work with them for two, three, four months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then working with us, too. It was, so it was just sort of this perfect storm that I think really ended up with a great cast it led us to the people that we're working with and it's sort of phenomenal yeah i mean honestly and then talk about the guest stars also like <laughs> freaking so many how does that come about do you i mean spencer the most connected guy in hollywood like seriously <laughs> you call him up and be like hey we want this guy make it happen spencer yeah. knows everybody it doesn't matter if it's hollywood or politics or whatever the world is <laughs> spencer knows them all and I again it had to be people that we knew that we could just call and say hey what do you think about getting involved with this, helping us raise some money for the SAG After Foundation? Uh, we're not going to pay you, and it's just going to be a few, a few hours of your time, but do you want to do this? And for the most part, you know, I don't know if I, there's somebody I can think of off the top of my head that said no. These are, again, friends of ours uh, who are willing to do it. And someone like Bree Turner, for example, she was only supposed to do one episode, but then she had such a good time, and it was just this great thing that happened, and she wanted to come back, and she's 
I think guest starred four or five times now. Oh yeah, and has been absolutely. I mean, just that whole direction that took with Marty is just yeah. fantastic. I mean, <laughs> like I, it's just Who brilliant, knew? <laughs> right? And oh. That was totally organic. That was not the plan when we first. Oh wow, <laughs> that's awesome. That part of partly it was her idea of wanting to come back and stay involved in this wedding just happened oh that's really interesting here oh, so definitely it's got to make you feel pretty damn good as a casting director when you see all these people come together and we've heard now over the last few weeks with interviewing everybody that you know they hadn't worked together before or they didn't know each 100%. other and they hadn't met so the chemistry that you guys have been able to pull off between these people you'd swear to god they've been working on a show for 15 right, years just so damn so, good I mean, <laughs> that, bizarre to me as no, the casting no. director you got to feel like yeah i'm pretty good at <laughs> right. what i do well, you know <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish I could take 100% credit for it, but, you know, a lot of the actors were even on before I was. Oh, so okay. I think we really just lucked out in in who we got and, and how everybody worked together. I mean, I knew a handful of them prior to this, but mm-hmm. not all of them. And now I feel like you know, I have to remind myself that, oh, I actually have never met Adrian and Jen. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I've never actually met them, but I feel like I've known them for years. And we talked, you know, 14 times a day. and. It's just it really worked out, and there's no ugly duckling in the cast. Everyone just really blended together. It's like summer camp. The summer camp, yeah, right? <laughs> Boy, is it like summer camp? Uh, you, yeah, know, you know, some escapades, and, you know, <laughs> uh, popsicles, bananas, anything. <laughs> this summer camp is the perfect description. If you were going to say soap opera or summer camp, it's like one in the same, right? right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> so good. Um. So, uh, do you think it was that comfortability with everybody, and and like the way the way that it's all kind of come together? and the chemistry and the family type atmosphere that it has that kind of is like made you go mm-hmm, let me let me step out here let me step out of my comfort zone a little bit and, and do some stuff right because i mean you directed you got in front of the camera did a little acting like well, talk about that man <laughs> well you know i somebody asks and i'm gonna say yes but uh part of it was also as the casting director jeremy gordon i was uh, enough hiring new actors and doing paperwork and dmmos and contracts and agents and we needed a, uh, somebody to do this one role, and Jerry said, well, why don't you just do it? You just jump in there. You went to school to study acting. You can do this, too. So why not? That's and you awesome. did a great job. Bro. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely awkward watching myself. You know, I did study acting in college, and I wanted to be an actor at one point, but now I'm so glad to be behind the camera that it is awkward to see myself on the camera, but it was fun. So easier to direct than act. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it was, for me, it was easier to direct than act, yes. And uh, the, that, again, the episode I direct was also super easy. It's Spencer Garrett and Randy Rainbow. I almost had to do nothing, just tell the, you know, sort of direct them to doing what they were doing in a certain time frame, but I wasn't really directing, directing. But they were just super easy to work with. I don't know. It was great. It, the whole thing just worked so easily because everyone worked together so great. Right, and I think that's what it's all about, having this just these amazing cast members. And I think that that's where it all comes from as well, like that everybody in here is just such a genuine, good person. And, I mean, it just shows that it's just radiating positivity and radiating, like, the amazingness that is quarantine. I just – this show is just so great. I just can't say enough about it, of course. Yeah, we're really happy that everybody worked so well together. There never felt like there was a moment of – this one person just didn't seem to fit as well as the others. It it never really felt like that. It just felt like everybody 
really, I mean, I keep going back to summer camp, but it feels like everybody just got off the bus from summer camp, and here we are, and we're ready to go, and we've known each other for 100 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Logan brought up a great point, that the fun in it, and how fun it is to watch, how fun it was to be a part of, and, and all that translates really well, but you brought up something, and I want to talk about it too, because, you know, it's not just like all these people, you know, turned on the Zoom and started having this blast. You know, you mentioned doing the deal memos, and, and all the paperwork, and the content contracts and all the kind of stuff there was a lot of hard work behind the scenes that went in to make this happen right yes there 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 was and when spencer called me and we decided to do this together i never imagined that it would be like working on a legit network tv series i mean Mm -hmm. this was you know every bit as difficult and time consuming as that in a world that none of us knew anything about shooting a series on zoom with 25 episodes in two months unheard of and on a platform that no one's used to shoot a tv series it was it was the same amount of work it was agents and managers and and paperwork and planning and exhibit g's and call sheets and crew and and planning and tech issues and everything that you could think of happened and then some we really had no idea how much it would be i think i had about a week or so of downtime from when the quarantine started and when we started shooting and then it was it this was a hundred percent full-time job i think i was busier doing the show than I was during pilot season. Now, did you have to get waiver? I, w- I would assume because they're not getting paid and they're great. Did you have to get waivers from SAG because they're all SAG, are they not? Did you have it to- is a SAG show. So we uh, are SAG signatory. Mm-hmm. And at the time we started shooting, we were, according to the SAG Foundation, we were the only active SAG contract running at the time. Oh, wow. So our SAG, and it's a SAG new media contract, so uh, the actors agreed to not make any money on this and that's within the SAG contract. So we've given everything we've made to SAG after Foundation. There you go. And, and see, you just, that's how far ahead you are. You just jumped out of my next thing. I was going to ask if it <laughs> fell under the new media category, but you just answered that. So uh, uh, yes, it did. Uh, but I mean, it's honestly awesome because I kind of feel like uh, quarantine had laid the groundwork. I mean, you see the network shows now, if they weren't able to finish their ending series, they were doing it all over Zoom. So I feel right. like they kind of stole your idea a little bit. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy that we, we went for it so quickly and yeah. And we did talk about it in the beginning that we could take more time and sort of figure it out a little bit more. But we were afraid that other people would do it first and mm-hmm. we wanted to do it first. And I can legitimately say that to the best of my knowledge, we were the first to do an ongoing series like this on Zoom. And we're still learning the, all the mistakes we made, the things that we've done right. We are still learning about them. Oh, that's the beauty of it, though. I mean, literally just jumping in like head first and learning while you're doing. I think yeah. that's the beauty of filmmaking and trying new things, right? 100%. I mean, it was certainly scary and frustrating at some points where I'm trying to do things by the book. Oh, yeah. There really is no book, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, no risk, no reward, though, right? That's you right. know, sometimes you got to rewrite the book, so it's all good. Yeah. So no, I'm so happy we did it this way. So where's it going? Because I, I mean, so many of our listeners are huge fans, and they're watching it and they're paying attention to it, and we're constantly getting peppered with questions about: Is there going to be a season two? Is it going to show up on a streamer somewhere? What right. What are you guys hoping to do with it now? I, I think yes to everything i mean ideally we would love for this to be on a streamer but we wanted to finish the entire season first right before we figured out officially what we want to do next whether that's trying to sell it in its current form or 
maybe trying to sell the idea to a network and having it be uh, on, on, on actual television. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that maybe could have nothing to do with a season two, much like America 2.0. You know, we still have the ability to make a season two of that right. if and when we want to. So it's sort of TBD. But we all want to keep it alive somehow. Yeah, well, and and the the viewers do too. So <laughs> yeah, you know, with the second wave of COVID coming, who knows? I mean, exactly. I, we always said we will keep this going as long as we're in mandatory quarantine. So if this is going to go on, who knows? Yeah, I love it though. And I mean, we talked about it with uh, other people that came on the show that are affiliated with uh, quarantine, like it possibly being like a sports night thing where it's like <laughs> kind of like the Zoom, but then you get the off camera drama, like possibly after quarantine, oh, everybody's yeah. like intertwined and. Everything everything like that i just think that would be so badass oh, yeah. also we keep definitely the... have plans for more igtv posts hell yeah they're not in the form of episodes we, we we do have some stuff planned that's great that, that that's all because I, I mean one of the things i really enjoyed about uh ella and ryan's is hearing how their real life played into their characters yeah. you know and how they were able to push buttons and maybe it got a little too real or not real. Yeah. so this idea of this like sports night type atmosphere where we would see them as the chino hills people but then off of the soap opera set and going on in their real i just i think that's great idea to do i, I want to see more of that yes oh yeah and we have the we have two current couples and then one ex-couple who are on the show so there's all of these relationships that have current current hullabaloo and, and past hullabaloo that we right. bring into the show that just makes it makes for great television but also makes for the great interpersonal relationships that I think the audience will be interested in. Definitely. It made for great interviews. Yeah. I know <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun to talk about that. Uh, 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 we have the you know the Alicia and Jerry have having gone to school together and Spencer and I have known each other since before so there's a lot of dish we could tell on each other. Hell yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. See, that's a great tease. Not now, all of, Jeremy's like the marketing guy now. He's exactly. like, oh, we got so much to do. A man oh, yeah. of many hats, many hats. Uh, that's exciting, though. Like, and do you see yourself um, now that you've kind of got this taste of producing a series? You know, do, do you want to do more television? Do you want? Do you see yourself trying to like move into that direction? You and uh, Spencer with your company. I think sure. I mean, who who would want to say no to more of anything, but more television? Absolutely. You know, I I love the independent movie world, and I like being my own boss. But I will not say no to a television series. If this is if this will become what we want it to become, and I can work with happy, positive people like I've had the fortune of working with on quarantine, then yes, a hundred percent. There you go. And the streamers give that, you, you know, you, you talk about the indie, the film, th- but I, the streamers, we hear time and time again from the people that we've talked to that you have a lot of that freedom that yeah. you have, like on an indie film. You know, they basically just, here's your money, run, and, you know, and that's so much better than, you know, you've got your studio rep standing there telling you what you yeah. can and can't do. So, um, yeah, I t- yeah, dude, I'm glad to hear that, you're, that you'd be willing to move in that direction, though, because I think you guys oh, yeah. are just slaying it. I agree. <laughs> well, thank you. It's all it's all very exciting, and we want to be able to have control over it. And I think a streamer is is a good world for us to live in, as opposed to sort of just selling the idea and not having the creative control. We all want to be involved with it wherever it goes. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to give up the baby, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, we don't want to. We like it. We like our baby. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I mean, Dustin and I were talking off air as well uh, because, I mean, known you for a while now, first with America 2.0 and now Quarantine TV, you just like go full force with the marketing <laughs> and everything about it. It's honestly truly inspiring, man. Every time I see so you post something, it's like, okay, now I got to get up and do something. Like, I got to get it started right now. It's true. <laughs> Thank you. You know, it, it, 
the marketing and the social media aspect of this was a huge challenge in the beginning it was overwhelming and daunting to be producing the show and casting the show and be on zoom for you know 20 30 hours a week and then market this and be all over social media so we brought on tsma consulting has been such a plus such a positive light for us and they took over our instagram and helped us transition from youtube to instagram and i don't know if we would have been able to do it without them so they took so much off of my plate and taught us so much and showed us the importance of having an actual social media company and what a difference it can make. So it's been just fantastic. Yeah, well, it's definitely worked. I mean, yeah. there, there, there's no doubt about that. But uh, yeah, you say take a lot off your plate, but we heard from all of our guests that you were constantly nonstop. <laughs> right. They, like, they, 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 they just talked, I mean, in great detail about how detailed and how into it you were and how much work was behind the scenes that, that you were involved. And I mean, I, you know, like Logan said, we talk about it and we're like, damn, Jeremy sent like 18 emails today. We've sent two. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we got to get on that shit, man. We got to get on. Like, you know, he's making us look bad. <laughs> but that's passion though right i mean that comes it's from the passion and loving what you're doing it's passion and it's energy and i don't know another way to be so it has to be that way and i think that's why spencer and i wanted to produce this and not just lend a hand is once we put our names on it that's just how we feel about everything we get involved in and it's it's if i can't do it 100 percent, then i don't really want to do it and i'm gonna send you 20 emails a day whether you like it or not <laughs> yes i love it here we go and, you know, the, the key thing there, once your name is on it, like, I don't want my name on something that I haven't put my full effort in. Exactly. Because, you know, that's my name on it. So, yeah, I got to make sure that's okay, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we're, okay, music? Are, are we going to see more music? into? And, oh, we're going to be talking about Billy Joel. Don't worry. We're going to be bringing that up. Um, so, because I, I love the theme music for it. Where did that come from? And do you guys maybe see incorporating more music into it? I, we definitely need to have more music. We're all big music fans, and Jerry in particular. Uh, we just we're sort of in this world again of we don't really know the rules and the laws. And right. The music. There was one song that we tried to get, and it is just very difficult and convoluted and time consuming. So we didn't use a lot of music in season one for those reasons. But I think if there's a season two or another incantation of this, then yes, music. We we definitely want more music in the episodes where we have it. Our, our favorite episodes yeah and i i mean i gotta say the montage i forget at the end of which episode it was but the montage where the guy's sitting there playing the guitar singing while everybody's mm-hmm. like uh dissolves so in and out it's so good that's honestly one of my favorite episodes definitely uh, ours too. awesome and for anybody who doesn't know music clearance is a bitch yes uh, to try to get just a small snippet of a song is a nightmare so you know it, it's I, I feel for you guys <laughs> yeah that's a, that's a, that is a difficult beast yeah it, the music and, and sort of and anything and everything that we wanted to do. There were a lot of things that we shied away from incorporating just because we didn't know what we were supposed to do and we didn't really have the time to get it done. Right. So we just shied away from it. Um, but I just in general, we want those. That's something we'll do more of in a future season. Awesome. All right, so let, let's talk about Billy Joel here a little bit. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, yeah. You know, because we got to bring it up. And by the way, who doesn't love Billy Joel? Exactly. I mean, if you don't, something is wrong. I know. I don't want to be friends with those people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I just feel like there's two people. You either love Billy Joel or you lie about, you know, not loving Billy Joel. Because I, I just My think everybody My five-year-old nephew today, we got in the car and he says, Billy Joel, Billy Joel, Billy Joel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On it's, it went. 
Yeah, it's just one of those things. I, you know, the first time I, because my daughter hasn't seen him yet, and I, I'm, I keep telling her it's like it's the only concert that I've really gone to where you can just spawn the de- generations of. You'll see a six year old and an eighty year old sitting in that same venue hammering out piano man like they've known it their whole <laughs> life, you know. And I, I've never seen anything like that, man. He is my all time favorite, and I've had the pleasure of meeting him a few times. Uh, back on Long Island, he's just everything. He's the nicest person in the world with the greatest music ever. Uh, agreed. What's your favorite? What's your favorite song? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, New York State of Mind. Just mm, yeah. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Mine's mine's obscure, I think. I, I, I don't know. My, mine's Big Shot. I, I like Big Shot. All right. You know, like <laughs> uh, you know, it's a, it's a little lesser known one, but I just think the lyrics in that just just like laid out. Like, here's the industry, here's how we're going. You exactly. know, and I, I just I really love it, man. <laughs> well, his music is, is one of his, I guess Billy Joel and Elton John. If I've ever I'm not in the mood for music or I don't know what I want to listen to, I can put on Billy Joel and I'm in the mood. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes, I can completely agree, especially with Elton John. Like, I'll listen to Tiny Dancer at least fifty times a week. Like, that is by far like one of my most favorite songs. Yes. So, so c- casting a a musical or a uh, music biopic film it seems to be on the on the radar, there, right? Right. <laughs> oh, as is a musical episode of Quarantine. Which yes. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> that that had to be coming at some point. I mean, it only makes sense. Marty has to know musicians. Yes. Mar- Marty, <laughs> I mean, course. come on, this guy has passed drinks with everybody. I feel like, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and probably in real life too. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly, no exactly. And I mean, from Spencer's own words, I bet the episode would just be delicious. Delicious. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Have you found yourself picking up delicious because we can't stop saying it every time? Every time we talk to Spencer, we we say delicious for like. Like weeks. <laughs> it's quarantini for us. Yeah, right. <laughs> quarantini, oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh my goodness, so good, man, so good. Um, yeah, we're just listen, dude. We could not be more thrilled for you guys and everything that's kind of going on. Um, it, it's just epic, man, and and we're so excited to hear that you guys have plans for it afterwards. Um, because like we said, our listeners, they just flock to it, dude. Yeah. Uh, we get a lot of interaction back and forth with it and we get a lot of questions for it. And, um, I, I just, I, I know you guys are going to see huge things from this man. Well, thank you. I mean, it's, it, when I look back on my quarantine time to be able to, to know that I did something like this, as opposed to just binge watching 45 television shows, right. I mean, this has so much meaning in my heart that we're able to raise money for the SAG after foundation and work with a bunch of people that we can all stay creative and I don't know, half the cast has called me and said, I don't want this to be over. I want to keep going. You know, it's, it's been everything to us. Yeah. And it's been everything I think to a lot of people uh, through the quarantine, because as we had talked about with so many of the guests, you guys really in, in a fun way talked about a serious situation and some stuff that people were going through and, and, and made them feel okay during it all. You know, it's like, look, other people are going through this too. We're not alone in this. We are kind of dealing. And, and you guys were able to do that in a way that I think really put people at ease and made them realize that they were going to get through it, that it was going to be okay. Yeah, it, it was something that was very important to us in the beginning to make sure that we kept the realism of what people are going through with the quarantine and with COVID and, and have that be a main part of our show. We did not want to detract from it, but we also did not want to hit that nail too hard. And we didn't ever want to make light of it or joke around with it. You know, we all probably know people who have 
tested positive for COVID or perhaps even passed away from it. So we never wanted to hit it too hard, but we just wanted to keep it real for most people. I think you did it perfectly. Yeah. To be honest. Uh, agreed. So, so we've heard though, the hardest thing you were, you were like the, um, the hall monitor, if you will, you were the guy uh, tasked with keeping it clean. <laughs> Yes, you know, I, I'm a, I've got a potty mouth. I like to curse with the best of them. I, and again, not knowing what our parameters are for this new world we're living in on Zoom right. and a potential sale later, we didn't want to go too crazy and have a lot of cursing or have too many inappropriate moments so that Netflix or Hulu or whomever would say, uh, it just crosses the line for us. We can't. Right, yeah. right. We want to avoid that. So we have some curses here and there and we, you know, have some moments that maybe are too edgy for some people. But for the most part, we tried to keep it. Yes, yeah. for most people. Who knows who? What kids are going to walk into the room while their parents are watching? Right, that's true. Oh, or, or whose daughter will be listening to the interview and, and going, <laughs> "What the go. fuck? <laughs> 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 what did they just say about banana? What? Yeah. Like, uh, uh-huh. yeah, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah. So, and then I guess the other hard part, the the hardest part, would have been like just maintaining, not just busting out laughing your ass off at some of these scenes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how they got through the scenes together without just cracking up. I yeah. mean, like like you said, that Spencer and Randy Rainbow scene, I, I was just dying. Well, we have those, we had the bloopers and, and for the BTS, we definitely yes. have those takes and we, you know, because we shot winners and we needed clean takes, there were definitely takes that had mistakes and cracking up and someone forgot to turn up their microphones. You can hear Jerry laughing in the background. So <laughs> But it's great. I mean, that's what made this so real for us. And, you know, we never wanted this to be a network, crisp quality, everything perfect. We didn't want that. We wanted it to be someone's real Zoom experience. So maybe the light is off or the sound is off. We wanted, we just really wanted people's real experiences as human beings, as actors shooting the Zoom show, as opposed to it just being too perfect to be realistic. And Spencer even kind of touched on that a little bit, but how, like, yeah, he's talking about set decorating and moving posters from one room yeah. to another, and yeah. you know, like like what they went into to try to make sure everything looked okay for it. So it's really interesting, yeah. And we had no scripty, so in terms of continuity, we were all on our own to remember from one scene or one episode to the next. But keeping in mind that it's only one day later, even though we shot it a week later, it's mm-hmm. you know one day later in quarantine and. What were you wearing and what was your state of mind and where was your vase or, you know, there were so much that went into it that we had to rely on ourselves and the actors had to rely on themselves. It was, it was pretty intense. Yeah. I can imagine. They, I mean, they, and we, yeah, we talked about that with them as well. Uh, you, you were basically your, your own entire crew at your house, yes. you know, you, you set decorator and gaffer and lighting and, and your audio. And like you said, sometimes we forget to turn off a mic or I can only imagine that just the learning experience it was for everybody. A hundred percent. And, you know, not every person is comfortable with tech. And, you know, we have Jennifer Bassey and George Bamford who are not 21 years old, but they learned Zoom and jumped on it right with everybody else and, we were all dealing with tech issues or internet problems and oh now this person is lagging or the sound is off and we just had to go with it there wasn't too much we can do about it it will you guys handled it because yeah, I, at perfectly. no point we talked about how it's amazing there wasn't as much lag or how smooth it actually was and came across so yeah. you guys did a brilliant job the editing is absolutely fantastic well thank you you know i can take absolutely no credit for any of the tech aspect of it that's you know jerry and our crew who were phenomenal um but i i will have to also give props to zoom because their platform was pretty spot on i mean i've used other platforms in the past and their 
terrible in comparison, and Zoom was very reliable for us, so we're very happy. It's so funny that you, that you bring that up because Logan and I were talking to other guests not affiliated with quarantine and, and talking about after seeing quarantine and, the, and how well the technology worked, did they think there would be kind of a swing in the industry? And I'm interested to hear from you too as a casting director. Do you see Zoom kind of exploding as a platform for, if you will, you know, a live self-tape with a casting director? You, you know, instead of submitting, you're actually sitting there in front of the – you can still get that feedback from the casting director but not actually be in the room as a cattle call, if you will. Sure. I mean there are some industry standard platforms that are – already in use for auditions but i think you know in the past we have had skype callbacks or uh, facetime callbacks and i think at least for me now that i'm super comfortable with zoom for sure i think that a lot of people are using zoom and it is so reliable and you can record and you can do so many things with it uh, and it really is business oriented as opposed to some of the other platforms but i do think that it, it will become used more and more in the industry and you know, sites like Breakdown Services, they're so established. There's no real competition with them for what they're doing. But I think if Zoom plays their cards correctly, they'll be able to enter into the Hollywood field officially. And that would be epic. And that would be because of y'all. Exactly. <laughs> right? We'll take it. Yeah, absolutely, man. So what's on the radar, dude? What you got coming up? Uh, we have a couple of things here and there. There's a lot of scripts being sent back and forth. Uh, I'm doing a couple of projects in Australia. Oh, wow. We're oh. all just so bound with the unknown medium of, of what the world is. And, you know, Australia, right. the project I'm working on, I can't send actors to Australia for the next six months, possibly one year. Unless you are Australian or you have a passport, hmm. you can't you can't just be an actor and go to Australia right now. There's, you can't even go there in quarantine. You just can't go. Wow. So my hands are pretty tied for what we can do. And because Hollywood, you know, we still don't know when it's actually opening. So there's a lot of planning and scripts being read and, and, and plans being made, but plans that might have to be changed. Uh, that Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, that's yeah. got to be like one of the most difficult things ever yeah. for people in the industry to try to plan without knowing what's going to happen. I mean, how do you plan when you have no idea what's coming? So. For sure. I'm doing a series uh, that's an Australian TV series, and I had our series lead ready and locked, and she was ready to go, and then COVID happened, and now we probably need to recast our series lead because oh, wow. she can't go to Australia. So there's, And then we don't know. That could change. Right. You know, it could change in a month, probably not, but it could change in a month or six months. We just don't know, and it's that is definitely difficult to plan around. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. And I mean, pardon the pun, but it's literally a series of unfortunate events. Like, yeah. it's crazy. I mean, when it has nothing to even do with the series lead. And yeah, that just, that's a bummer, man. Right? They always think... all of these actors who were cast in pilots during pilot season. Who yeah. are still attached to their shows. And some of them get their contracts extended so that they can still be available. But for how long? We just, it is so difficult in, in this world of not knowing anything. You know, even as it. Governor Newsom talks about June 12th or whatever the date was, June 8th, to come back to Hollywood. But that's not an actual return date. That's just a, we can start really kind of talking about it. But personally, yeah. I think we're months away from actually stepping on any semblance of a set. Right, right. And they always talk about, you know, focus on what you can control. But That's in right. this environment, it's like, well, is there anything I can focus on that I can exactly. actually control? It's just, it just seems so up in the air, man. Well, I think it's all about what we can do as creatives right now. Uh, me as a casting director and producer and actors, there's so much that we can do together on social media. And you're seeing so many casting directors having 
you know, self-submission monologue competitions or just send me an audition for this so we can stay in touch. And we're seeing thousands and thousands of these things popping up. And I think it's fantastic and a great way to use social media for business now and networking and staying in touch. And uh, it, there's just so much we can do. And let's, again, we can't we can only do what we can do and control what we can control. So instead of sitting around waiting for, well, maybe this and maybe this, let's do something. Let's stay creative. And that's why we did quarantine. Absolutely. And is that how that spawned for Marty's uh, acting class to send in submissions? Is that <laughs> you, you talked about how you were having seen so many casting directors doing these submissions or these monologues and stuff. That was so brilliant, dude. Thank you. I mean, it, it sort of just seemed a natural thing to do with all of the online competitions. Why not do a Marty masterclass audition? Yeah. And we've got, I still to this day, I, I get messages on Instagram and Twitter from actors all over who think that Spencer Garrett is holding a masterclass. <laughs> don't realize that this is just a Marty joke. And we just wanted to have some kind of participatory Instagram audition. Right. Uh, so I think some people are expecting Spencer Garrett to show up somewhere and teach, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell Spencer, he'll show up. Exactly. Spencer will be like, oh, they think I am. I, well, I am. Uh, I, yeah, my favorite is when he said that, you, you know, it's like when this is all. All over, we're having a party at Alicia's husband's restaurant. Whether you know it or not, that's what you guys. That's are what's happening. <laughs> that's right. Oh yeah. my goodness, he's so funny. So, I, I, I guess I mean, what I would really like is because you know you you've been on the show before. You know we have a lot of listeners trying to break in and, and kind of yes. make their way in the industry and everything. And so, what kind of what would you pass along now to somebody that's trying to get in after what you've learned through all of all of this this quarantine you know and, and being able to do what you guys have do, uh, done because i i feel like it's got to be so inspiring for somebody looking at it from the outside going wow if they can do this through all this you know I, i've got to be able to do something what would you say i think that there's never been a better time to just do it and whatever it is we all have this list of things we wanted to do whether it's write a short film or shoot a web series or a creative podcast whatever it that it is that you've been thinking about doing, this is the time to do it. You know, a lot of people have been taking advantage of the last few months, but we still don't know how long this is going to last and what things pop and become something huge. So why not just go for it? You can still get together uh, on Zoom with your creative friends and and make something happen for yourself and, and get it out there to casting directors that are looking to still network with actors and and keep in touch with people and we don't want to let the creativity die so this is the perfect time for e for everybody whether you're an actor or a producer or a casting director to do the things you've been thinking about doing just do it don't wait do it life is short we don't know what's happening next month so do it I love that. Yeah. yeah. You can't beat that advice, honestly. I mean, it's a great philosophy to just for life in general, I think. Oh, 100%. Uh, you know, why sit around and, and wait to do things that you could be doing sitting at home, take a break from watching something on Netflix and, and do it? Exactly. <laughs> there you go. It's coming from the man who's nonstop. Yeah, like, like you ever sit down in front of Netflix. Come on, man. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm watching Dear White People right now on Netflix, and it's awesome. There you go. <laughs> there you There's go. time to watch things also. All right, all right. There you go. you got to take a break every now and then, <laughs> right? right? When do you sleep? Yeah. That's the real question. Seriously. When do you sleep? From about midnight to 6 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Even that's scheduled. My sleep is scheduled. Right. It's going to be there. <laughs> Dude, as yeah. always, man, you have been just like a blast to talk to. You guys are, are, are just the greatest people. I, can't, I cannot stress that enough, man. Well, back at you. All, all the people who – all of our cast members who did the podcast earlier praise you from head to toe 
have nothing but great things to say about you. And now having known you guys for a few years, it's it's awesome. Having you guys out there is just awesome. And I know that we'll, we're going to be doing something special with quarantine with you guys in the next coming weeks. So it'll yeah. be even more good. Yeah, we're super excited about that and honored that you guys would even consider us an ask. We're, we're pumped about it, man. And so right back at you, knowing you guys for a few years now and just knowing that there are people out there, aside from the ridiculous talent that you guys have and all the things that you do, you're just genuinely awesome people. And, and to be associated with people like yourselves, it, you know, it's, it gets no better than that, man. Agreed. 100% agreed. Back at you guys. Oh, thank you. Appreciate you, man. Listen, we're going to let you go because we know yeah, yeah, he's probably itching to like, okay, I just finished my episode on Netflix. I got to go do something. <laughs> right after this, we're shooting our last scene of quarantine. We'll so. see. There you go. All right. We can't keep you from that. We can't wait exactly. to do that. So, but listen, man, as always, you know, open invite anytime you want to come on, anything you got going on, more Thank than you. welcome, dude. And just continued success. And whenever you need, we'll be there, dude. Back at you. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care now. All right. Have a good day. All right. Yeah, you as well. Ciao. I'll be there for Jamie. <laughs> I will. That's all I was thinking about. Yeah. No. It's. I mean, this guy is just unbelievable. I see yeah. why they talk about him like the the way that they do, saying he's just a nonstop like machine of exactly. go 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 go. I mean, this you man said is it. not human. No. You you said it. We talk about it all the time off the show just the amount of stuff that this guy continuously keeps doing you know we were joking about when do you sleep but seriously like he's just so passionate man yeah i agree i agree i just every time he comes on the show it's honestly so fun anything he's a part of is just he's so passionate about and it's infectious i will say that absolutely and i love his growth yeah i mean you know all kidding aside with the first time that we talked to him he was very kind of in the shell and he was very focused on casting and you know to see him come out and he's producing and directing and and you know, and acting and doing all this kind of stuff. It's amazing, man. Doing great things, man. Doing great things. Thank you again, the one and only Mr. Jeremy Gordon, for coming on the show. All right, everybody. Now it is time for the top five. We teased it a little bit last week and on our State of the Company address. It is top five films we've always wanted to watch but still have not seen. I know, and this one was really tough. I know. (laughs) I was disappointed in myself with how many movies I missed. I know. I'm just like... Yeah, these are just the ones that I feel like stuck out the most. There's still so many more besides these five, but mm. yeah, I feel like these are the five that stuck out the most to me. Mine, I, I think, are pretty diverse too. It's like you're, you would think, oh, well, that's an obvious, and then another one that's like, oh, you didn't see that? Yeah. So I don't know. Let, all right, let's yeah. jump into. I'm curious to have to see what you have. Yeah. Uh, my number five was. Us, that Mm. psychological horror thriller like Jordan Peele written Us. Like this one's supposed to be really badass and I just haven't seen it yet. And especially with all of these actors playing basically two different roles. Right. So I'm just still need to see that bad boy. Still need to see it. It looks so good. And especially it's got what's his face from freaking uh, Black Panther. Yes. Like so I mean. Just, uh, it aggravates me. Every one of these, I'm like, damn it! I know. I haven't seen that one either. So that that that's a, that's a double whammy right there. Wow, wow. Uh, number five on my list. I can't believe I haven't seen. Something. I'm embarrassed to say I haven't seen this. Jojo Rabbit. Also a double whammy. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson, Taiki Waiti, like like all these amazing things. You heard all the great stuff yeah. about it for the Oscars and everything. We pride ourselves on trying to see all the Oscar contenders and everything. This one slipped us by. This one, uh, for whatever reason, uh, either it wasn't at a theater, you know, uh, and just 
I haven't gotten to it. I know. And I, I just I want to see this movie. I want to so Jojo Rabbit number five. Uh, I mean, yeah, so many, so many. Uh, but my number four, I mean, Denzel Washington, Viola Davis. I'm talking about Fences. Mm. Yeah, I know, I know. And, Brilliant uh, film. Yeah, like I just I saw a clip of some dialogue back and forth between the two, and damn, it looks intense. Viola Davis going going off on Denzel Washington, like. It just looks so damn good. I really want to see that one. I'm yeah. waiting to... We'll have to talk after you do because I have some thoughts on that film and I just think it was brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. So good. A brilliant casting, by the way. And, you know, Seriously. Denzel played the role on Broadway too. Yeah, and then I brought saw it that. To the, so yeah. just brilliant. Um, my number four, uh, Ron Howard's interpretation of Stephen King's The Dark Tower. That's with, the one with... Uh, Idris Elba yeah. and Matthew McConaughey. That one's good. I really that one's good. See, so, that so. Is good. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. How did one see it, not the other? Because we normally see everything together. But there are some that I, we yeah. didn't. There yeah. are some that we didn't. Uh, so um, I want to see this one. So I'm going to take your word that it's good. I love Matthew McConaughey. I love Idris Elba. Ron Howard's a brilliant filmmaker. Of course. Stephen King's a brilliant writer. I was all those things added up. Say this movie must be pretty good, right? So. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I got to see it. Dark I, Tower. Oh, man. Uh, well, my number three goes to Moonlight. Not mm. La La Land, but Moonlight. Yes. <laughs> uh, playing a little joke yes, on the Oscars. Oscars. Uh, uh-huh. But, yeah, man, this one's supposed to be so freaking good. Brilliant. And, I mean, like, uh, I, I'm really disappointed in myself for not seeing it. I believe it's an A24 film, which is like the definition of indie filmmaking right now, and especially at getting an Academy Award winning, mm. like, Bazinga night. Like, so, yeah, I really need to see this one. It so, looks so good. Yeah, it, it's a fantastic film. Intense storyline through some of it, though. Yeah. Like, like, but, but, yeah, just... Have you seen this one and not Brokeback Mountain? Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I just... I saw Moonlight. It's, it's fucking brilliant, dude. Uh, Marcella Ali... It's fantastic in it, just like from start to finish. And Brokeback Mountain is brilliant. Heath Ledger and Jake Gyllenhaal. Just okay. Uh, I I haven't seen Brokeback Mountain either, but I have seen Moonlight, and it's freaking great. That's freaking great. (laughs) You know. Um, Number three on my list, Tolkien. Mm. Yes, yes. I can't believe I I haven't seen this. I I just – I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan, huge Tolkien fan. Yeah. Uh, just Lily Collins is in it as Tolkien's wife. Like, I mean, how did I not see this? And um, I, I just, I want to. I'm big historical guy. I like biopic films. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of disappointed I missed this one. So yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that one either. But it looks good. It does. I mean, Lily Collins. Oh, I mean, I, that's it right there. I'm sold with it, Lily Collins. So. Exactly. Badass actor. Tolkien. So good. So good. This is number two. Number two and number one, I'm like, I need to put my shield up or some shit because mm. I'm just a rah! like number two for me, Birdman, Michael Keaton, Birdman, the one shot, freaking Emma Watson, like it looks badass. Just never got around to it. I see, that's what I'm saying. I know, I know. I could talk about this movie for the entire show. Yeah, I thought this film from start to finish, frame by frame, absolutely brilliant i know a lot of people were pissed it won that year and that they did but i'm telling you this film is phenomenal ed norton michael keaton emma all the just everybody involved in that film brilliant from start to finish brilliant you should watch it yeah you should watch it definitely 
We're definitely talking about that one after you watch it. There's just so much to say about it. Yeah, definitely. Number two for me, which I can't believe I haven't seen, Glass. It was the third one in in, in the story. Remember with Unbreakable with Samuel L. Jackson and and like and crazy. uh, Just you know what I'm talking about. The trilogy. I can't believe I didn't see it. Yeah. Like I'm kind of bummed about this, but I want to know what happens with the big creepy strong guy with Bruce Willis's character and like all these. Like I'm just bummed that I did not see it. Yeah, glass. Oh. Yeah, I it, I really want to see that one as well. It's about glass. It's about glass. about Mr. Glass. You know. like, how did how did I miss it? <laughs> I we don't, don't know. know. We don't, don't know. know. Oh man! But my number one, <sighs> number one is supposed to be absolutely brilliant, and still haven't. I was like, I was younger. I want to say like a teenager when this one came out. I, that's aging me a little bit. Um, the Social Network. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Even Lil' Cam has seen this. Man, Lil' Cam went and saw this in the theaters. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. The opening scene alone. The opening scene alone with Jesse Eisenberg and, and Rooney Mara. It's like 10 minutes long, nonstop dialogue Oof. by the brilliant Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. And it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> it is absolutely just those 10 minutes of the movie is worth it from start to finish. But then you got Rashida Jones. There's the, the cast. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Amazing Justin Timberlake, cast. Like, uh, yeah, Justin Timberlake's uh, uh, former uh, creator of Napster. Mm. You know, uh, and just like he's the one who tells him to drop the. Yeah. It was going to be called The Facebook. He's like, drop the the. Just Facebook. It's a, The whole movie, the Winklevoss twins. Army Hammer plays the Winklevoss yeah. twins. Brilliant. Brilliant film. It's Sorkin. It looks so damn good. Aaron Sorkin. It looks so good. Uh, good. David and I'm Fincher. a huge fan of Jesse Eisenberg, too. So You're going to love that. This is what made me a fan of Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. I just thought this film and the way he played Zuckerberg was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Just, I cannot get enough of that film. Ah. It's brilliant. Mine, you're going to just like have a field day with because, I, and I'm sure all of you guys are going to have a field day with thinking, what the fuck? But it's true. I'm not making this up. I haven't seen a single film in the Harry Potter series. Ah, none of them. None of them. None of them. I've seen none of them. They were little, kind, tiny kids. Now they're all grown-ass adults now. I've seen none of them. Ah, I know. I, I, I know. I have to see them. I want to see them. I don't have hatred towards them. I didn't not want to see them. I wasn't opposed to them. I just didn't. I just didn't. Ugh. But I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to sit down and have like a marathon weekend you one should. time and watch. What is it? Like eight of them? Uh, yeah. I'm going to watch all eight of them. Yeah. I might even watch the prequels, the Fantastic Beast stuff. Maybe. I don't know. But I'm going to watch all the Harry Potter movies. You need to, man. You need to. Uh, I haven't seen the prequels yet, so maybe we could do that one as well. All right. Uh, but yes, so good. All of these movies, man, we've heard nonstop about them that they are just brilliant. So And ten movies, I bet all of our listeners are like, I can't believe they didn't I see know. those. Well, ten movies, seventeen movies if you count like you know my, all my Harry Potter movies. You know. But, you know, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we're as shocked as you guys are that we haven't seen them. I yet. know. So absolutely bonkers. Don't thing. judge us. Don't absolutely judge us. bonkers. <laughs> what are your top five movies that you have always wanted to see and just haven't yet? We want to know. Please comment below in the YouTube description, Apple Podcast description, Pod. Uh, 
where where else are we on spotify uh, spotify Podbean, like, like just wherever. all those places <laughs> please let us know we really do i mean there's so many great movies out there and we don't want to be the only ones that haven't seen great movies no i mean no. we know you're out there i just saw them and louise and like the matrix i yeah i know i know Great movies, by the way. They're great. You should go the see them. The Matrix. I know. I know. Who hadn't seen The Matrix, for Christ's sake? <laughs> or Thelma and Louise. How do you make any reference about a road trip without have seen Thelma and Louise? Like, I just don't even know. So good, though. So know. good. Of course it's good. <laughs> of course it's good. It's Gina Davis and fucking Susan Sarandon and Brad Pitt. Of course it's good. Baby Brad Pitt, man. It's so good. So good. But uh, it's great top five segment. Great top five. Five segment. Film and Louise. I know. I know. Oh, man. Now it's time for the box office recap. There's some other stuff going on. Yes. Uh, we got Followed that brought in like 153000 We got Infamous that brought in 95000 We got Becky. Not Aunt Becky. No. But Becky uh, brought in 85000 The Wretched <laughs> still rocking and rolling. Still fuck you, Aunt Becky. Still fuck you, Aunt Becky. <laughs> <laughs> um, with 73,000. Talk about entitled bitch. Right, right, right there. Saying, right there. Oh, my goodness. And uh, at number five, it was Stardog and Turbo Cat. Oh. Okay. Stardog and Turbo Cat. Right. <laughs> that just makes me think, and I just got to throw this out there because I, I, I'm a huge fan. DC Universe, guys. DC Universe. Please, HBO, Warner Media, who uh, keep it, first of all. Watch Stargirl. Yeah. It's a kick-ass series. Watch Stargirl. I don't know. Star Dog just made Star Girl is kick-ass. Watch it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Done. Turbo Cat reminded me of Turbo Tax. So I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> watch Star Girl and then do your taxes. And then do your taxes. <laughs> it only makes sense. <laughs> Luke Wilson and Amy Smart as the parents are brilliant on this show. Yeah. Just really good stuff. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And I, then do your taxes. And then do your taxes. When it guys. got pushed back because of COVID, don't say you didn't have time to do them. Do them. <laughs> oh, this is a great show. This is a great show. <laughs> but now it is time for the IMDb Pro Top Trending segment. Oh, man. We just can't get – these are like the – like uh, they've been there forever. They really have. It's literally the same thing like every single week. Netflix is just killing it in the trending game right now. I mean they're putting out popular content. But sex movies. Sex movies. I mean, <laughs> of course, who's not gonna watch some sex? That's right. Oh my goodness. That's why it's it's literally Netflix and chill. Yeah. You can literally turn on 365 days and chill. And it's a chill. Netflix and chill movie. Oh, like, my goodness. I mean, but not with old Sherlock Holmes. No. <laughs> no. Not with Ian McKellen and <laughs> no. Sherlock Holmes. No. 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 Oh, my goodness. But then also, uh, because that is the top <laughs> trending movie, but then also the top <laughs> trending TV show is Dark. No Which idea. would be with Sherlock uh, Holmes. Sherlock that that Holmes. shit would be dark. Oh, all right. Just, I love Ian McKellen. I am not dissing Ian McKellen. Just saying. That would be some dark shit. I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> and then uh, Anna Diarmas is still the top She's still on star. Ben Affleck's bike. Still, still, still riding it. Still. Until she falls off that bike, she's still going to be the trending she's star. still there. Just... Still there. Oh, my <laughs> goodness, guys. Oh, my goodness. This has been a That's why he don't want to be Batman no more. Exactly. <laughs> he's, he's a little busy right now. I'm just he's saying. He's too busy Netflixing and chilling. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. Not with Ian McKellen. No, no. no they're watching no. 365 days. <laughs> like, <laughs> but anyway, guys, we got to thank our guest one more time for coming on the show. Jeremy Gordon. Be sure yes. to follow him everywhere. We should bring him back. He might need to keep us clean. Right, exactly. <laughs> He's the one keeping us under control. That's right. Uh, I believe at Jeremy Gordon on uh, Instagram and Jeremy Cass on Twitter. Yes. Um, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, anywhere you are on social media. We're everywhere at Crazy Ant Media. Follow us both personally on social media. Myself, JLo Fantastic, and Crazy Ant Guy 1970. Yeah, buddy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, and so many more. And be sure to watch us on YouTube. Like this video. Subscribe. Ring, ring that bell. bell. <laughs> so many great things. Boom. We have so many great visual content items on our YouTube channel and our website, crazyantmedia.com, where you can learn all about us, stay up to date with Crazy Ant Media, and just everything we're we have going on and leave comments yes leave comments. anything you want to know if you want to know about us if you have a subject you want to talk about like i'm i've got something that we didn't bring up today that i'm curious about so throw some comments at it what would you guys think of a bad boys beverly hills cop crossover right and like that apparently could be happening so so hit us with your comments <laughs> Hell yeah. what, do you, what do you think about that will smith martin lawrence and eddie murphy together that's right i'm just saying oh things like goodness. that tell us what you want to yes, talk about it'll be yes. awesome let us know let us know and please be sure to purchase a crazy Ant media gear item but i have to say i have to say my favorite part in the show was literally all of it, and dogging the fuck out of NBC Universal for not renewing Council of Death. Yeah, yeah, that that mm, mm. that whole segment with Twister, Council of Dads, and Elizabeth Banks, Magic School Bus. I enjoy dogging the fuck out of them because yeah. they need to get their shit together. No, it, it, Peacock. Yeah, that should tell you everything right there. You're naming right your there. service Peacock. Yeah, <sighs> just wow. Do the right thing. You had the guts. Here's my thing. You had the guts enough to greenlight Council of Dads, knowing what the storyline was, knowing the content. Yeah. You don't have the guts enough to keep it. That's what pisses me off. It's so bad. You greenlit it. Keep it, man. Let it. The, I, know. I know. Okay. My favorite part, obviously, was Keaton's Batman. Of course. Going back to the 80s for Breakfast Club. Uh, I, I liked both of those. Yes. I mean, obviously. Of course. I always enjoy Dog and Aunt Becky. I mean, um, of that, course. You know, even when she's not in the show. <laughs> of course not. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. And Hamilton. Yeah. I'm super stoked about the oh, news yeah. about That'd Hamilton. But my favorite part of the show, without doubt, as you guys know, because I'm a little devil. Lucifer. 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 Season 5 premiere date <laughs> and confirmation oh. of season 6. Oh my goodness. Yes. yes. The devil made me do it. 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 You know who should put on the cowl and be the next Batgirl? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I'm just the, saying. the only O that matters? That's right. Oprah! Oprah!